0: Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. Well, I'm excited again today to to begin or speak on this message, and I've titled this this morning, All Aboard, Headed to Heaven. All Aboard, Headed to Heaven. Can you hear the conductor telling you that? And that's Jesus really saying, all aboard, we're headed to heaven. And how many of you have been excited about a trip? Maybe you've uh, made some plans, maybe you've gone to, you know, Disneyland, maybe you've gone to Florida, maybe you've gone to Hawaii, wherever it may be, and and then you, you get those tickets you know, they come in the mail, or maybe you just, uh, wherever you get them, and now it's become a reality. You're just getting more excited. You're anticipating this vacation. Or maybe it's just a trip to see your mother, all the way from Sausalito, and you're, you're, you can't wait to surprise her, yeah. right? It's anticipation. Well, in much the same way, that's how we as believers ought to look at heaven, is we need to look at it in anticipation, Because that's where God wants to take us. Just like your trip. And how many here are still planning on a summer vacation trip? Raise your hand if you're planning on going somewhere, right? So at this point, that's an anticipation, right? You get to leave work behind. You get to leave, you know, home behind and and enjoy yourself for a week, two weeks, maybe a month. We have some families on vacation right now. One in the Philippines enjoying three weeks over there. I've seen some of their pictures on Facebook they've been posting, and they look like they're having a great time over there. And they look forward to that for quite a while, because how many know that's not a cheap trip? That's a very expensive trip for a family of five. So again, we should all look forward in anticipation of our eternal destiny, which is heaven. Amen? Amen. Here's why I want to talk to you about heaven. I've mentioned this the last couple of weeks, but in the last 30 plus days, I have lost four people I know that have passed on. One a coworker, one a co-pastor or a pastor friend of mine, um, another friend from our Napa church, and then a, uh, a fourth friend that I grew up with and actually did his funeral a couple of weeks ago Hadn't talked to him in years, but I was asked to officiate his funeral. And there's nothing quite like death that will grip your soul to make you reflect on what you're doing right now, on the here and now and eternity. Amen? There's nothing quite like death to make you analyze where you're at and hopefully and, and internalize, better yet and and examine your life to see lord am i doing the right things am i taking the precautions am i am i am i living righteously what do i need to do to to get on board amen, amen. and so there's nothing quite like death and and again i had two of my friends two of my friends had a relationship with christ that i was aware of the other two I I don't know that they had a relationship with the Lord. So that's also tragic when we know people that don't know the Lord. Because let me tell you here today, as my brother Ed would say, hell is no joke. Hell ain't no joke is what he would say if he were here today. And heaven, on the other hand, is real. It, It is our final destination. Amen? Amen. Here's what I've learned and gleaned from these past 30 days. And really, you know, since my son passed away, but again, he passed away at the age of 20. But these last 30 days have been just another reminder that my relationship with my Lord and Savior is the most important thing in my life. Amen? Amen. Your relationship with your Lord and Savior is the most important thing in your life. I'm sorry, it's not your spouse, it's not your children, it's not your grandchildren, it's not your home, it's not the car you drive, but it's your relationship with the Lord because none of those that I mentioned are going to get you into heaven. None of those. I don't care how much your grandma prayed for you, how much your spouse prays for you, they're not going to get you into heaven. You alone are the only one that can get yourself into heaven by accepting a relationship with your Lord and Savior. Amen? Wow. So here this morning, you may be a young person, or maybe you may be somebody that doesn't think about eternity or death. You, you know, I remember as a young person, death is not something that normally crosses your mind. That's something far off in the future for those old people, right? For those retired people, you know, and... I used to think old was, you know, really old. Now it's, you know, 55. You get a senior citizen discount at IHOP. Thank you, Lord. But, but my point is, being old is not that, isn't that old anymore, right? And you young people, if you're young here today, you know, under the age of 50, sometimes we don't think about death. But it's a reality. It's a reality. And as I mentioned, we are all one day closer to that experience. Now, I'm sure, like like me, you have friends that don't like to talk about death. Anybody here ever have a friend like that? Or maybe you're that person, they don't like to talk about death. I, I know one person, I have, a, I have a friend, his wife has never been to a funeral because she fears death. And I would tell him, this was years ago, I would tell him, that's not healthy. That is not healthy. I, I can't tell you how many... Dozens and dozens and dozens, of, probably hundreds of funerals I've been to in my lifetime. Uh, I don't fear death. I have no fear of it at all. And neither should you as a believer. But this friend of mine, his wife just wouldn't go to funerals because she was afraid of death. Because she doesn't know what's on the other side. Because she has no relationship with the Lord. See what fear does to you when you don't know? It's It's uncertainty. You don't know what's waiting for you on that other side, that other door. And the Lord's saying, I'm right here. I don't want you to walk by yourself. I want to walk with you through this thing, even death. Amen? So don't be that person that fears. Rather, when you're consumed by the Lord, when He is your number one in your life, you should welcome it. This is only temporary right here. This life is only temporary. The average life is I don't know 80 plus years, you know. If you're a female, I think it's a little bit less. If you're a male, and uh, typically, and so uh, the point is, this isn't the all-in-all. All. And for those atheists, those agnostics that believe this is it, I feel sorry for. I pity you amen. that you believe this is all there is to life. This is only just a a a, a speck, amen, in your lifetime. Now, there are very few things we know in life for certain, but there's a saying, how many know this, that uh, a famous quote that says the following, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. Amen? Each of you will be faced with death and taxes. Each of us. In fact, again, we are all one day closer to that today. As believers in Christ we should long for that day to be in heaven. See, the moment we as believers pass on from this life, we go to be in the presence of the Lord. And I want you to stand with me this morning as we read Philippians chapter 1. It's on your outline. But uh, Philippians chapter 1, if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn there. Chapter 1 of Philippians, verse 21 through 23. Verses 21 through 23, and it says the following. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what shall I choose, I cannot tell. For I am, am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better." Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you, Lord, that we can trust in you, Lord. You as Lord of Lords and King of Kings, you sent your Son to die on a cross for me, for each of us here today, that we could have eternal life in you, that we can rejoice and look forward to heaven. So I pray, Lord, this morning, give me boldness, give me anointing to express the words you want me to declare this morning and help the hearers to have a heart that would be open to hear your word this morning. And we pray that this morning in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Look at your neighbor and say, "Heaven Heaven is my home. And you may be seated this morning. Amen. That scripture, what Paul is saying there... Is that to be absent from the body, to be not here in this body, is to be in heaven with the Lord. To be with Christ. So that should bring comfort to you as believers that if something were to happen to you. If life were to to be uh, it for you today, that you would have and be in the presence of Almighty God from here on out. That should bring comfort to you if you lose anybody That's a believer. Family, I'm talking to you today. If you know someone that's passed on, know and trust that they are in heaven with the Lord. Amen? Amen. There's no better place to be than in our loving Father's arms. Now, real quickly, just look at your neighbor and tell them, I have a heavenly ticket. I have a heavenly ticket. And you know what that is? That heavenly ticket is your relationship with Christ. Yes. That's your heavenly ticket. So when that conductor on the train. Tells you okay boarding pass. Or whether you're going you know. If you, got, if you got to go on BART. You need a boarding pass. You need to pay for it. If you're going to go on Muni. Or the bus or whatever type of transportation. You need a ticket. There's no difference between your trip to heaven. You need a ticket. And that ticket today is your relationship with Christ. Amen. Yes, but this morning, what I want to talk to you about, what I want to concentrate on, is what is heaven like? What is heaven like? And I want you to get a picture in your mind here real quick. But real quickly, let me give you some biblical facts about heaven. How many know I like to give you a biblical information, right? Sometimes overload, but here, here's some biblical facts. Number one, it's God's dwelling place. And I have some scriptures there on your outline there for you to read later, but it's it's God's dwelling place in Psalms chapter 33 and verse 13. It's where Christ is today, Acts one eleven. It's where Christians go when they die, the scriptures we just read in Philippians. It's the Father's house in John 14.2. It's a city designed and built by God, Hebrews 11 and verse 10. And then finally, it's a better country, according to Hebrews 11 and verse 16, where there will be no tears, no tears in heaven, no more stomach aches, no more back aches, no more feeling nauseous, no more feeling tired, depressed. None of that, none of that will exist in heaven. Amen? It's going to be a glorious place. Now I want to read a scripture to you that describes this heavenly place I don't have it on your outline, but if you have your Bibles, turn to Revelation chapter 4, starting in verse 1. That was Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1. And this is John describing heaven in the vision that Christ gave him. Okay, How many know that John was the only apostle that didn't die a martyr's death? All the others died a martyr's death except John. He was the only one that did not die. And I believe, not only did he write Revelation, but God spared his life so that he could write these things for you and I to enjoy now and to get a glimpse of what heaven is all about. But Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, I want to read 11 verses here, so bear with me. Starting in verse 1, it says this, After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven, Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also, in front of the throne... There was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center, around the throne, were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever... The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Amen. Doesn't that just paint a glimpse of what heaven is looking like? It's a powerful place. There's, there's power there. This is Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. Now, I don't know if uh, you've done this, but I've closed my eyes after I've read that and just begin to think, what does this look like? We can't even imagine, begin to fathom what it looks like, the beautifulness of this jasper and ruby rainbow and a sea of of glass that looks like crystal right before the throne. We can't imagine sights like that. We, We think Tahoe, wow, we're in paradise. Hawaii, this is great. Jamaica, man, that's awesome. Nah, not even close. This right here it's going to blow you away it's going to it's going to be so amazing we we will not be we couldn't handle it here on this earth that's why the lord only gives us glimpses of what heaven's going to look like amen and who is going to be in this heaven well hopefully you and i if we have that ticket amen But God is in heaven because heaven is His dwelling place. Yes, the Lord is here among us. The Lord is is omnipresent, the Bible tells us. He can be everywhere at once. See, we're confined by physical limitations. We don't understand how that all works. We just know that Almighty God is right here as well as in Iraq, as well as in China. Right now, this very moment, He encompasses everything about us, everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient, omnipresent. He knows all things. He's everywhere. Amen? Amen. The Lord Jesus had been in heaven ever since He ascended from the earth when He was transfigured on the mountain of transfiguration. The Bible also tells us that angels are in heaven. Those creatures I was describing, those were angels bowing down to Him. Angels' job, number one job, is to bring glory and honor to God. They worship Him. Every day, every day, every day. Oh, I can't wait to see heaven. I cannot wait to see heaven. Can I just share something with you? I was in a service one time. And and I know this person who saw an angel. Uh, I've been in services where angels have... Many services where angels have been present. And in this one service... I remember the, the presence of God was so thick. You know, we were worshiping God. The preaching was going on. And then I remember this one minister began to describe the angels were coming in from the back and they were just marching in and they were beginning to fill the whole auditorium all around. Because you know what? The Bible describes angels as being inquisitive. They want to know about you and I, what we're doing about the salvation thing. See, don't, they didn't have that free choice like we do to accept the Lord. Although apparently they do have this this choice where they chose to rebel against him. But they don't know about the salvation experience. And the Bible says they're inquisitive. They're wanting to know about that. And, And so in this service, this pastor began to describe the angels walking in. And boy, the power of God just fell on that place. And this one person I know in that service began to describe how right as he was worshiping where he was sitting this angel appeared to him right there in front of him. He could see the angel, a big old angel. I mean, they're not small like you and I. They're huge. So when the Lord would say, when Jesus would say, don't you know I can call the angels from heaven? I mean, one angel can take out a battalion. One angel can take us all out. We don't need 10,000 angels. But there is power in these, in these beings that God created to bring Him glory and honor. That was their mission, to bring Him glory and honor. So angels will be in heaven. And then finally, who else will be in heaven? The saints of God. If you were a believer in Christ, the Bible calls you a saint. Believe it, look at your neighbor and say, I'm a saint. I'm a saint of God. Whether you believe that or not, I'm a saint of God. Amen? I'm a saint. And the Bible says the saints of God who died on this earth are in heaven. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 8 and Philippians, the scriptures we just read. Here's a great question that many, many people often ask. But will we know each other in heaven? Will we know each other in heaven? Well, first of all, let me ask you this question. What makes you think we won't? What makes you think we won't know each other? If, If God... Gave us the privilege to know each other down here. Why all of a sudden do you expect it to be that different up in heaven? Okay. So here's what I do know. The scripture says this. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully. Even as I am fully known. God only gives us partial knowledge here. But when we get to heaven, we'll know everything. He'll give us all the knowledge. And in the relationships that we have here, I 100% believe you will remember the people that you met down here on this earth. You will know them up in heaven. Now, the Bible does say we won't be married in heaven like we are now. I don't know how to explain all that. It's just that we're we're going to be believers up in Christ. We're going to be having so much fun rejoicing with the Lord. Amen. Amen. And one of the great blessings is that we're going to be face to face with him. Amen? Amen. When we get to heaven, we're going to know the Lord as he knows us. All the imperfections in our life, in this life, will be removed. Like my wife Anna was saying, when she, here, when she can't hit that note, up there in heaven, she's going to hit every key, every note, and it's going to be right on time. It's going to be perfect. Here, whatever it is that you love to do, that you have a passion for, I mean, is going to be able to do a thousand push-ups in no time. hundred push-ups is no problem. He probably does a thousand push-ups already. But my point is, whatever it is that you have a passion for here... It's not going to be any different for you up there. The Lord has given you talents today. Time, talents, and treasures that you enjoy here today. How many enjoy certain things of life here on this earth? There's nothing wrong with enjoying certain things here in life. God is going to give that to you on a much greater scale up in heaven. If you love to sing, you're going to sing way better than Whitney Houston. You're going to sing like an angel in heaven. Amen? There's just so much more to describe of heaven. No more pain. No more sorrow. No more tears. No more heartache. No more having to be uh, depressed over certain issues of life. No more, no more uncertainty over things in life. Oh, what's going to happen here? What's going to go on there? What about this? What about... all oh, that's all going to be gone in heaven. Amen? Doesn't that sound like a great place? I mean, I want you to be there. Amen? The question is always asked, okay, so we get to heaven, but what are we going to do in heaven? I mean, like it's forever. It's not just a week or a month or a year or 77 years, but it's like forever. What are we going to do? I had a young person say to me, worshiping God forever in heaven sounds boring. Sounds boring to do that forever, right? Right? You know, some of you may be thinking, Pastor Rick, I can just ha- handle, you know, an hour or two hours a week of, of, of going to church. Well, you, you better get used to it because it's going to be a lot more in heaven. Yes. But here's the thing. We are going to be worshiping in heaven. Yes. But that's not all we're going to do. Okay? We're, we're going to worship without distraction. Uh, that, number one, is what I'm going to love. Because how many of us at home have doorbells going off, texts coming in on our phone, Phones ringing, TVs in the background, computers, on, whatever, people knocking on your door. There won't be any of that. When you go to heaven, you will be able to worship without distractions. You will be able to sit or kneel down and worship and say, Lord, I worship you. And not have to worry about, did I turn the oven off? Did I, did I turn the coffee maker off? Or any of the things that come into your mind the moment you begin to pray, amen? How many of you are like that? When you begin to pray, all of a sudden your thoughts start to ramble. Well, wait a minute, did I do this? Did I do that? Right? And there will not be any distraction. We will be able to serve without exhaustion. Right now, I know many of you, especially as we age, as we get older, you know, we start to slow down. The things we could do at the age of 21, we can't do at the age of 39. You know, it's a, it's a little bit difficult. And, and so you need your rest. But in heaven, you will not be exhausted. You, you can fellowship without fear. See, here's the great news about where we live here today. We have no fear of coming in here and assembling ourselves together and worshiping Almighty God. But that's not the case in countries around the world. That's not the case even in certain communities in this country. There is a fear there, especially overseas in other countries. We will not have that fear in heaven. We will learn without fatigue. we we can sit at the master's feet he can and guess what you can sit at Peter's feet and learn from him if you want hey Peter tell me about the time you were out in the boat and you started walking on water how was that you know I want to know how that was because I can't imagine doing that you can learn at his feet without fatigue and he could just teach you for hours or Paul or Moses Moses how was that How long did you have to hold that staff up so the Red Sea could be parted? How long was that really? How long did that experience take? Adam, why did you listen to Eve? You know, all those things that you want to ask in heaven, that's eternity. That's what we're going to be doing. Here at Foothill Christian, we teach you that God wants to use each of you in your gifts. With your time, your talents, and your treasures. Every one of you have gifts. Every one of you. You may say, well, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a musician. You don't have to be. But you have other gifts. God wants you to use those here in this kingdom as well as in the heavenly kingdom. I truly believe that. And when you use them here, it's your way of being the church. You, you know, I mentioned this last week. The pastor friend that I knew that passed away, this was his motto. As uh, toward the latter part of his life. And he was only 52 years old. He was a young man, 52 years old. But his motto was this, don't you dare resemble the church. Be the church. That was his motto. Amen. Be the church. How awesome is that? Let us be the church. Let's not just look like the church. Let's be the church. I want to tell you, just real quick, share with you the parable, the story where Jesus talked about the man of noble birth, right? He talks about this this noble man who gave his servants money to invest. He gave them each money and said, okay, now I want you to go out and invest it. One servant doubled his money, so the man, the noble man said, you have been faithful, you will rule over 10 cities, the Bible says. Another servant had seen a 50, uh, 50% increase, so his master said, You've uh, done well, so you'll rule over five cities. And then the, there was another man who hid his money because he was afraid. He, he didn't want to lose it. He hid his money, and that amount was taken from him in punishment, the Bible says. That story there is a picture of what heaven's going to be like. See, we don't earn salvation. I don't want you to confuse earning salvation um, you don't earn it. There's not a thing you can do on this earth to earn salvation. Jesus Christ paid for it all on the cross. Amen? Amen. It's by accepting that gift that you receive salvation. You don't pay for it. You don't say 10 Our Fathers and 10 Hail Marys. You don't don't do anything to earn it. Amen? Amen? But what I'm saying here is that our acts here of service on this earth will gain us rewards in heaven. Now, we again, we don't do the acts of service here on this earth so that we can have rewards in heaven. We do it so that we can be the church here today. Amen? We want to be the church. And that's why I believe that the gifts God gives us we'll continue to use in heaven. See, I, I believe if, if I'm a teacher here on this earth, a pastor, I'll continue to do the same in heaven because I love teaching. I really do. I love sharing the Word of God. I believe God will use me in some capacity in that way. Uh, If you love to cook, I know two people right here that love to share food. Uh, Brother Wayne and Carlos, you both love food. I believe God has a special ministry for you up in heaven revolving around food. And, And my ministry is to be there with you to eat that food afterwards. Each of you have talents as well that God is giving you here on this earth. I believe you'll be using those same talents in a much greater way up in heaven. Amen? Amen. Amen. Because, well, let me ask you this morning, and this is the the biggest question here that I have to ask you today. Do you have that ticket to go to heaven today? Do you have that ticket? Are you sure you have that ticket? Are you all aboard? Are you heaven bound? And if you're not sure... There's, there's no, there, should, there shouldn't be another wait, another second that you have to wait for this. You can know today without a shadow of a doubt, the Bible says. I want you to know as we close this morning, that if you're not certain of your eternal future, you can take care of that here this morning. I want to pray for you if that's you this morning. I want you to be certain today. Because again, none of us have tomorrow promised. Two of the people that I know that passed away didn't know that that day would be their last day. Two of the two of the four, actually three of the four, one was gravely sick, but um, he knew his time was coming. But three out of the four did not know that morning when they woke up, that was going to be their last day. They did not know that. And neither do you and I, that's my point here this morning. None of us have tomorrow promised, not a one of you. I don't care. What you do, you might say, well, I'm going to stay in my home then and I'm going to be safe. Well, you never know. You never know. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not trying to promote fear here. I'm just trying to say the Lord wants you to be sure and certain of your final destiny. Amen. Amen. Because Jesus Christ went to the cross and paid for your price, for your ticket, you, again, don't have to pay anything for this. It's a gift. It's a gift. Everybody say it's a gift. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. He wants you as believers, as followers of Christ to experience heaven as your final destination. Amen. Amen. Here's the great thing. We're going to experience a change in in our bodies from this present corruptible body to an eternal incorruptible body that will live forever and ever and ever. Amen? Amen. No death. No sickness, no more tiredness, no more fatigue, no more sorrow, no no more discomfort, no more having to go to work. Yes. Amen. Jesus Christ gives us the victory over death, hell, and the grave. Amen. That's what he accomplished on the cross. We can rejoice that heaven is our home this morning. Amen. Amen.